Hello everyone, my name is George. This is the third episode of the Classic Pinball Podcast. Dave joins us in one minute. This is the Pintastic Show, Part 2. In this episode, we have five segments. The Eric Stone interview, Podcaster Seminar Review, Late Night Pinball, Dave's Day 2, and something we call Odds and Ends. I'm here at Pintastic. This is George. I'm here with Dave. We're having lunch with none other than top 10 player, Eric Stone. Eric, welcome. Hello, everybody. Thanks. Good to be here. Dave wants you to tell the story of how you two met. Oh, does he really? Well, I, don't, I don't think he really wants I really it, don't but... want that story told, but we can <coughs> tell it anyway. So, basically back in, I think it was 1999. Gosh, that was 20 years ago. Can you believe I've known you for 20 years? Seems like yesterday. Uh, fun spot, and Walter Day was up there, and Twin Galaxies. They were um, writing down world records and whatnot, and I was up there playing a few pinball machines and trying to set some world records, and I met Dave, and he said, you know, I've got a really good collection at my house in Massachusetts. You should come see it. I said, all right. So I went down there one day, and uh, down to Marlboro, Mass., which is about two and a half hours away from Laconia in New Hampshire, where I live, and uh, I saw his classic collection, which was amazing. And I would ask him, so what's the high score on this game? And what's the high on this game? And literally, you know, I would just kind of go down the line, one machine to the next, and say, okay, I got it. What's the next one? What's the next one? And then after that, we became really good friends. Right, David? <laughs> <laughs> and then I was so tempted just to, you know, reset the high score and everything. I said, well, no, I can't do it. I'm going to take him down myself. But I'm still kind of working at that. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, 20 years later, he's still working. I'm not. I'm not too worried right now. So, but no, no. Dave's a great guy, and uh, I mean, you know, he's restored so many great games, some old school games. Um, and I remember that Kiss Playfield that you painted. And boy, I mean, that just played like butter. So, still have that game. Do you? Nice. Well, let's let's talk about the uh, old school game that was in your seminar this morning. Evil it actually Knievel. helped me, yeah, right, Evil Knievel. It actually helped me win a game after your seminar. Oh, really? I, yep. Wow. And Dave was just asking me. Did it help you beat Dave? No. Okay. No. <laughs> no I, I can't remember the podcast, but uh, the guy's name's Matt. He's from, uh, he's on Twitch and he's out of Pennsylvania, Malvern. Okay. I forget the name of the podcast. Forgive me, Matt, but he was like, Wow, where'd you learn that strategy? I said Eric Stone. <laughs> and then I asked, I missed this, I missed your thing again today. Well, that's Eric, because you don't need, you know. You that's just, true. I don't really need the, right, you know, the two right. inch. I'm, I'm, yeah, you know, because I'm I, I wouldn't want you to tr- start taking down those scores from 20 years ago. Right, yeah, I appreciate that. Thanks for you know, thinking of me. But I, I was asking George, like, well, Evil Knievel is so a simple game. What kind of strategy can there be? You know, maybe hit the spinner if it's greased up or drop targets so no the spinner yeah. was not no not, the, not in this the, game was it no. no that spinner no both spinners were actually horrible like three yeah. spins no one gave you six and one gave you 11 or 12 okay well still so, still not dr dave uh, no, approved not, been forever no not not 30 or 40 spins. <laughs> okay <laughs> basically i said if if it was uh, like a dr dave game where you were getting 30,000 a spin <laughs> that's all i would do on evil Cleveland. but i said well you know you, you could go for the 11, 12,000 spin. That's not bad, I guess, you know, on a typical game. Uh, otherwise, go for the drop targets and get your double bonus and uh, transfer the ball from one flipper to the other. Usually with me, I would shats pass it, which is difficult on some of those older games, but you can't post-transfer on that particular game. And, uh, you know, 
you hit the drop targets down twice and you get an extra ball and start all over again max your bonus at 30,000 and get a couple hundred thousand on, on evil follow evil. follow the lit spinner that's what you told me <laughs> yeah and you know that's a couple hundred thousand is not a bad game center target a sucker shot yeah what's the center target yeah, there's I don't. A center, I, I don't even. I, there's spelling, a center target on that. Spelling team? super. He smells super, right? With that. Go yeah, I, I, so. I don't know what it gets you. It might light a special. Oh, maybe a special. So, so someone asked me this summer, and they said, "Well, what happens if you spell cycle?" And I said, "I don't know. Let's try it." Well, it's cycle, right? Cycle. And I just and I did, and I spelled cycle, and it lit the special, and you know, and I said, "Well, I don't think it gives you much because I haven't really ever tried to spell cycle before, but let's try to spell cycle." I figured it would take forever, but. Or, is that know, all it does, Dave? Is give you the special? Do you know? I don't know I, what I don't know what the super. I haven't does. played the game enough. I, I own the game, but I haven't done it up yet. Because so. Matt asked me the same thing. He goes, yeah. he goes, well, you know, Eric told you this part of the strategy. What do you say about this side? He goes, I said, don't shoot it. Right, leave it they, alone. Basically, right. if, if don't I play didn't, it. yeah, if I didn't say to go for something, well, sometimes you can turn these games into, especially the ballets and even the oldest turns. You can make a novelty mode, so the specials are worth fifty k. That's true. Extra ball is twenty five k. Right, right. that's the case. I mean, you know. but the special's the outlane, and it, it oh, alternates. So, yeah. I mean, that's pretty risky to try to get cycle. Right. And then, you know. There's, yeah. easy, there's easier, easier ways. ways. And, and, I, and I don't want to lose the ball for 50 grand. I mean, yeah, it would be worth it, I guess. But it's a lot of trouble just to get it lit. And then what are the chances of the three ways the ball could go down? It's got 33% chance it's going to go down that special. The, the one thing that's a little shy on that game is the bonus. Don't you think the bonus should be a lot bigger on that game? Uh, it's typical Bally yeah. mid-late 70s, 15,000. It's like Captain Fantastic. That's 15,000. 15,000 is the eight max. Ball, well, no. Eight ball 15,000. Well, no. Matahari, 29,000. Um, Embryon. But now, Paragon, now you're talking 1970. Uh, no, right. At 77, it's Evil Knievel. Right. right. We're so talking, you're saying but early. We're talking right. Fabio yeah. Power Play, Matahari. But we're talking Well, later. Matahari's 29. Okay. 79. Yeah. No, right. no, he's no, saying 29 29 yeah, but, but bonus. Isn't it, but it wasn't it made after no, 77. Evil Can Evil? Uh, around the same time frame. Evil Can Evil, I think, was first. We're going to have to right. look it up. Yeah, I, it's I, very close. I think that was within that, months, I think. That was the transition. So, yeah, so you Knievel, had the Captain Fantastics, the Evil Can Evils, the 15 max bonus, Air Aces, which I think is... Yeah, but some of those are EMs. Right, so the first three, you got Evil Can Evil, you got Blackjack, you got Matahari, we made an EM style and Solid State style. Right. Yeah. But not as not many EMs. Well, uh, either way, eventually, you know, you've got the twenty nine thousand max. Either way, you want to max the bonus out. Once you do that, shoot the drops. Try to get an extra ball. And no hold. There's no hold bonus on on this early stuff. No, Only no. the paragons. No. Nope. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Play every so. ball. Eric, I understand uh, from the broadcast a couple of weekends ago that you folks are going to be holding the world championships at. It's called the Asylum, right? Yeah, it's called the Pinball Asylum. The Pinball Fort, Asylum. In Fort Myers, Florida. And that's going to take place when? Uh, next June. It should be the first weekend in June. Um, it's actually, they call it IFPA 17, IFPA 17, which is the World Pinball Championships. Uh, this year it was just held in Italy a few weeks ago. Last did, year it was Toronto. Did you Did you watch? I watched some of it, yeah. Did I you did. see the game? I didn't see the the, the final game. Ostermeyer? Yeah, I didn't see the final game where he got $3 billion on one ball to win on Dracula. That, uh, that's something else. I told somebody that I was about ready to shut that feed off, and then I remembered what Dave's friend PJ told me when we were at a tournament at Dave's house. He said, why do you keep letting that last ball go? 
we were in a flipper frenzy. I go, because I'm not going to mean anything. He goes, every ball means something. Play the ball. Right. And Johannes, he stepped up and just crushed it. And oh, if yeah. you haven't seen it, I'm telling everybody, spend 10 minutes, find the feed on Twitch. It's uh, Or on YouTube. It's probably there It's now. unbelievable. Which game was he playing? Dracula. 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 Okay. Bram Stoker's but Dracula. he was behind by leaps, bounds. I say Nobody about, ever thought he was going to wow, catch it. I want to say about ball. $3 billion he was down. Wow, really? I think, oh, yeah. I think you're right. Oh, yeah. No, and, and crazy. He just, he just turned it on. Somehow he just turned it on. I guess he just made all the shots and, and the, the feeds were coming back to the flippers. You and... could just, I mean, I wasn't there, but just watching it, you could just feel how it was building and building and building. And then, you know, when he passed it, everybody just went nuts. All right. So, so Eric, so right now you're live in the middle of the, the tournament right now. And you said you, you didn't do too well on, on the new Black Knight game. And you were kind of disappointed there, and you're tired. And so tell me a little bit about what you just were saying, some other stuff about the playing right now. Well, you know, I, I played Black Knight where I should have got easily $100 billion. I can't remember a game that I got under $100 billion and I got 39 That was terrible, terrible, terrible. Then I played Break Shot and got about $3.5 billion, which is right around the middle of the pack. And so I'm very upset, yet somehow I'm qualified number one. You what? <laughs> I'd be, dan- I'd be dancing down the street. <laughs> that's gonna, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, that's going to change because everybody's going to beat that Black Knight score and a lot of people are going to beat the break shot score. So I don't think I'm going to wind up anywhere near that. Right, but, you, but, day, but, but there's two and a half hours to go. I'm guessing there's lines now, right? There's lines, right? But, but pretty much every time somebody plays Black Knight, I'm going to lose a point because everybody's going to get over 39 billion. So where do you think the cut's going to be? How many points? Oh, I'll make the cut. No, I know I you're going to make the cut, but I'm asking, what right do you think? It, it, it's usually around 280-something. Oh, it's that and low. I think, yeah, and, and right now, well, the last I checked, I was uh, 382. Let's see. I guess I'll hit refresh here. Oh, see, I lost the point. 381. But the good news is, well, Jason Wardrick's 377. The good news is third place is 355. So I do have a 20... Six-point lead on third place, so that is you know I kind of like that because I want to get a buy. I've gotten a buy the last you know every year I've played. Buy is to the, the buy, first eight. The buy, yeah, the buy cut right now is three forty-five, and the total cut is two eighty-nine, and it just keeps on going down, and it's going to because people people will continue to lose points in uh, in a Papa-style tournament. You have to play five games in a row and use all of those five games so if you have a bad game chances are they call it bleeding it will bleed down to zero uh, I don't think I'll have any do that but I think I'll have at least one go down to maybe 30 and another may go down to like 40 or 50 we so will you, will you play will you play another card can't no the problem is the the lines there's so many people in this tournament uh, I'll pull it back up on my phone. How many people are in this? Last I knew it was 135. Uh, well, it said 131, but there's a lot of new people that came in today that haven't submitted. So I only had time to submit two tickets. <laughs> wow! So, really? Wow! wow. Yeah. Not bad. <laughs> wow! Considering where you were yesterday, that's great. The pressure was on because. You know, as soon as I started my second ticket, I said, "Okay, if I'm gonna, if, if my first game is a bad game, I'm just gonna pay another ten bucks and submit another ticket." 
And if that first game is a bad game, basically I was just going to keep paying 10 bucks till I had a good game on my first game. But then I start with 24 million on X-Files, and that was second place. And then I rolled RoboCop. In fact, I didn't even realize when you roll RoboCop, it doesn't remember your score. Oh, wow. I, I, I never told anybody when I got to 9 million. Next thing you know, I look at my score and it says 1 million. And I, I cradled the ball and I said, hey, uh, I, I rolled RoboCop and uh, Levy was watching me from sitting down and he said, yep, yep, I watched him do it. So I was like, well, thank God of that, you know. So anyway, I wound up with $14 million. Great. That was, uh, awesome. That was by far the number one. The old number one was $8.5 million. So, so, you know, I, I started pretty well. Then I played Fire and I had a malfunction. And I had a billion and a half. And I was cradling the ball, and all of a sudden, the game kicked out another ball. So I cradled both balls, I waited, 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 and I wound up, uh, they wound up taking a ball out of the game. I try to make one shot, it goes right down the side. And the problem is, that ball had to be locked again, and the other side was already locked. So the middle shot would have given me a multi-ball, but instead, I shoot the middle shot, it goes to the wrong side and it kicks the ball out right down the out lane and my game's over. And I said, oh my gosh, you got to be kidding me. The, the, the kind of luck I get, you know? Yeah. So on, fire, it's so on fire, instead of getting three or four million like I usually do, because of that, I got two. And so that was a mediocre score. So I thought, oh, great. So then I put myself in a queue for Black Knight last night at 6.48 because I wanted to play it last night while I was on a hot streak. And by 8 o'clock, there was still somebody ahead of me, and they closed at 8 o'clock. Oh. So I had to play it this morning, and just didn't turn, you know, I just, I just didn't. Right, you're starting off right. fresh, you're you're cold, you got to get back in the groove. You know, so, I mean, sometimes I'm cold, and uh, like, you know, during the finals up in, uh, up in Fort Myers, you know, I woke up, I went to the finals, and literally the first two games of the first round and the first two games of the second round, I won. And I didn't even need to play the third game on either one. So, you know, and sometimes I'm cold, and other times I get right into it and I start going crazy, you know. And uh, I thought for sure I was going to kill that Black Knight. Oh, I wanted to get to 100 million. But then, you know, great shot. I figured, and the way I look at things is, if there's a game that I'm usually good at or I usually play well and I have a bad game, chances are the next game I play, I'm going to have a good game. So I look at the great shot, and I said, well, I got 622,000 yesterday. That's awful. So I'm due for a decent game. Eh, three and a half million is okay. It's not bad. It's not great. But it gets me in there with, you know, 50 points maybe or 60 for now. And it's like, you know what? That's all I really needed. Who's your... This time, yeah, who's, 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 the who's, who's the So who's around you? Who's around you for competition? Who's your real competitors that are close to you right now? Well, obviously Bowen's here. How's he doing compared to you right now? So who? So who are the top? Do you have the top eight in front of you? Yeah. What are their names? Any names that we would know? Or yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, we're all about dropping names here. Jason Werger from Chicago. He's well known. Uh, Alberto Santana from New York. He's well known. Ed Jardina. I think he's in New York. Stephen Bowden. 
Yep. Uh, Bowden. Oh, Bowden's there. Bowden's, Bowden's there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Mark Harvey. I don't oh, Mark Harvey. He's from he's from the Sanctum. He's a good player. He's a good local oh. player. Lewis Bevins, I think, is from Pittsburgh. And that, that rounds out the top eight. Then you got uh, Chip Sexton, uh, Chuck Webster is number 12. Yeah, he's, he's, he's yeah, good player. Zen is 15. Paul Karras is 20. Wow, there's a lot of names on here. There. Yeah, no, there's the, you got some, you got some people there. That's great. Oh, right, but I mean, like, Josh Henderson is 42nd. He's not even in the, in the mix. Greg Pavarelli is 41. There's a lot of good names in here that, uh, Drew, Drew Sedolius, 31. Uh, Joe Judo is a Florida player. He's pretty good. He's 27. And so th- there's a, a lot of names here that uh, I'm used to seeing in the top. Zachary Frey is another one. I played against him in the finals last year, if you remember. Uh, Ron Hallett, he's way down. So, you know, there are a lot of names that, unless, you know, they're uh, submitting another ticket right oh, now. I was going to say, here we are, it's, you know, quarter of 12, two hours to qualify, and there's lines. I mean, it sounds like even if you wanted to play, you might not get your whole card in in the next two hours. Uh, I knew last night at 6 o'clock or 5 o'clock when I started my second ticket that that was it. I knew I was only going to get one more in. And so sometimes I put this crazy pressure on myself that, that, that I know I need to go crazy. And when I do that... And then I start talking at the game, and I start mimicking the game, and I start acting kind of weird. And then all of a sudden, I'll just start blowing games up, you know? Yeah, I, I like doing that, too. I like talking to the game, too, sometimes. It kind of like, I don't know, it's almost like talking myself through the game, and I kind of get... Yeah, you know, yeah. you know Robo, RoboCop, I'm, I'm telling everybody, you are arrested, and people look at me like you're crazy, but I am crazy. So. <laughs> <laughs> Dave and I were invited to participate in the uh, podcaster seminar. I'd first like to thank Dave Marston for being the uh, host and uh, kind of driving the driving the bus for a while, asking questions of all fellow fellow podcasters. We'll get that out. I'd like to thank Ron Hallett, Jeff Teolis, uh, Mrs. Pin. I guess her name is Sarah. I've never met her before, but seemed like a nice lady. And Jeff Parsons who uh, has a uh, pinball podcast called uh, Pinball's Players Podcast. It was very informative for us, given that we're brand new to podcasting, some great tips, more technical, not something that uh, this audience probably is even interested in, but it, we needed to acknowledge those who were there. Dave, you have any thoughts? Yeah, it was a, it was a great back and forth, a great collaboration of, of people with their different ideas they brought to the table about pinball and how they approach it and their passions and what they do with their podcasts. And uh, found that uh, a lot of the people up there, they were um, mostly tournament, tournament player kind of podcasts or maybe, uh, maybe was some manufacturing. I would say all four, all four of the people I just mentioned are definitely tournament players and that I listen to almost all of those podcasts. They're they're tournament centric. They do talk about other uh, you know news items and other things happening in the hobby. But they are you know there's some really good players there, and I think that's their primary focus. We're a little bit different. I mean, if you look yeah. at what we do, I, I mean it's free flow. 
were were not professional broadcasters like the two Jeffs. Yeah, the two Jeffs sounded really good. They get good pipes, and you can tell they just really uh, do it for a living. And this is like a little side passion for them to do this part. And I like when Dave was going around saying, "Okay, how do you you know what's your podcast like, and what's your central focus?" Then when he came around to us, and and we, I, I felt like we were the only ones that had our particular niche, which was great that no one's really covered this part um, from a, a collecting aspect and from. Um, Back in the day, we have, George and I have a lot of history with all these different games and perspectives, and um, it just is a different um, uh, take on things. It's like it's a fresh take. Not that they're and their podcasts are wonderful too. But what I'm trying to say is that everybody has their own niche and their own audience. Well, I think Dave was thing. trying to drive home too that you know it might be bifurcated that you have the technical people and the and the tournament people and. I make it a lot more universal, and I said this to, to Jeff Teolis afterwards. It's a big hobby. We're all connected by one thing, and that's pinball. And whether you like tournaments, you like restorations, you just like to play pinball, fixing them, there's something there for everybody, but everyone should keep in mind that we're all connected by the same thing, and respect that. It doesn't mean you have to like the other aspects. Just respect it. That's, uh, that's all I look for. And, uh, you know, we're going to give we're going to give our comments and some people might like them and some people might not like them. But it's just a comment. Don't take it. Try not to take it personally. It's I'll let you know how that goes. I did like the one aspect when uh, Jeff and I forget how do, you, how do you say his last name? The, Teolos. Yeah, Teolos. Jeff Teolos. When uh, George said something right away, pretty quickly into it. And uh, and Jeff really liked what George said and said, oh, here, my friend, he pulled out from the bottom of the desk a big gallon of fireball to do shots and some shot cups and handed George a shot glass and filled it up and they both did a cheer. So that, that was a nice moment of like, welcome to the podcast club, you know, with, with, a, with a shot toast. After Dave and I had a long Friday doing all the interviews, Dave doing the best in play, we finally were able to play pinball starting at around 11 o'clock. Dave, I'd like your thoughts on a couple of games we played. I thought they were quite fun and had never played them before. The first one was Dracula, the Stern Dracula. Uh, not the greatest looking game, but it played well and I did well on it. Uh, your thoughts? Well, just clarification, that's 11 p.m., not a.m. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And actually, I had to drag George's butt back to the show because he wanted to, he said, I'm done, I am burnt, I'm going back to our place. And I said, no, no, we'll go back to refresh. We got to go. We got to play some pinball. I've been working this whole show. I got to play. So he said, okay. So I dragged drag him back. No, out I'm, there. Glad, I'm glad. You, I'm <laughs> glad you did because we had fun, some fun. But that was a fun game. Yeah, that was um, fun. Like the, the Stern game was fun. It was, it's actually that's a nice player, especially if you dial it, dial it in a little bit. Um, it's it's a nice playing game. I I just this, those early Sterns, the Stern 100, uh, we call them MP 100 boards. They have that uh, god awful uh, soundboard. Which well, you I, couldn't hear anything anyway. You couldn't hear so anything, really, so it's really, fine. Didn't, really didn't matter. So we just got the play of the game, which was cool with the drop targets and that kind of thing. So it's a nice little layout. In that I, I, I like that game, uh, the Evil Knievel that uh, Eric had used for demonstration in his uh, seminar. We got to play. Nice game, except the spinners. I mean, spinners. It doesn't take much, and if you need somebody to give you a tutorial, it'll take about thirty seconds. Clean it, Teflon lube it. 
Off you go. Well, I'd also say you can adjust that switch on there for uh, maximum revs because spinners are meant to spin. In fact, with my restoration biz, I, I'm known for my spinners that spin, you know, perpetual spinners, spin forever kind of thing. So I, people like that. when you 30, really, 30 spins versus a week five. Yeah, exactly. That was a fun game. How about I took Dave over to play Stampede? That Bali, right? Wasn't that a Bali game with Stampede. the with the with the balls caught up at the top no, I think and was, the saucers? It, no, wasn't it Rawhide or something? Oh no, Big Valley. It's Big oh, Valley. Oh, Big Valley. That's yeah. it. Big Valley. That's go. a weird game. That's a weird game. I think I think it's like from '71. It, it's basically in the in the generation of Nippet, Valley Nippet, um, and that with that. Um, but fun, different, very different. I mean, if you like a multi-ball game, it's a multi-ball game, and the, you lock the balls up top there, and you do something else, and then releases the ball for for two or three multi-ball. We'll we'll, and, we'll do a, a dive on that at some point in time. I mean, we have so many games. I mean, unique. This opened of, up. This opened up the world. There are so many games. I'm so focused on my little niche. There's a big world out there. I mean, we played Grand Prix. I mean, I've heard people talk about that game. Dave was saying it's a tournament game. And that's, 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 that's a, a lot of fun, too. It is. That's the Williams Grand Prix from, I believe, it's 76, right around there, mid-70s EM. Uh, a lot of fun. Pretty deep game for its time. And it's, it's a blast to play. I can see why tournament players like playing this game. Well, you also mentioned uh, in one of the other segments uh, the Flash Gordon with the hard top on it. Yes. I played that. That was a fun game. Nice mm. looking game. Per- person took some time there. Yep. What else did we play? Oh, let's let's go to a couple of the other winners. Uh, the Trade Wins game was just add the reverse wedge head. That's a beautiful game and a fun game to play. Yeah, I gotta um, play, I'm gonna play. Some, I'm going back today to play some more of that. That's Surfer, crazy. another another well done game. So I, I kind of focused on some of the tournament games from or, excuse me best in play games from what you were saying. I kind of got inside baseball and he said you, you know you want to go over and play those games. W- very very well done. I, I'm forgetting games, but I played some other games when I had a couple of free moments during the day, but we were so wrapped up in everything else we were doing that it didn't, time didn't allow for that. Um, is there anything that you might have played that, not with me, that uh, you want to talk about? Uh, I'm trying to think. We gotta, I, you know what? I really didn't get to, when I'm going around best in play, the time is of the essence. There's so many games to go through. You know, I don't really get to really play a full game, enjoyable game. I'm basically just looking for things and critiquing things to kind of narrow things down. So the only time I really got to play games for real, you know, full games and really have fun with something was with you, George, and actually a couple of people we had with my, my wife, Maureen, and, uh, and shout out to Bruce. Was oh, that's right. Well. Bruce played with us last night. That was fun. And Maureen, I look forward to it next year. New adventure, new place. Uh, if you haven't been to this show... You're missing out. It's a it's a lot of fun. Totally different. I'm not going to do 19 Allentown references, but this is an entirely different show. If you like to play pinball, this is the show for you. Great show, Dave. I I had a lot of fun with you and Maureen, and uh, it's a blast. Hopefully, we'll get some results later on on the uh, on the tournament. It, it's always fun having people that you know to play with, and it, it was a it was a great show. But it goes back to what we said in episode one. It's a room. We did more talking than playing. Yes, and it just happens that way. And Dave said this morning, and I said the same thing. Our voices are just shot. This is Saturday morning, and. I don't. I talk a lot, but I talked more yesterday than I probably talked in the last month. 
Um, and you got to talk really loudly and almost <laughs> shout sometimes, so your voice gets kind of raw, and then, you know, right. stay up late. And so I just had a, a big spoonful of honey and some warm water <laughs> to try to make things nice again. But uh, I'm taking off. I'm not going to the show today. Dave's going to go to the show and, uh, and play with his buddy PJ. Gabe did a great job. Thanks, Gabe, for, for the time and effort you put into the show. Yeah, you can tell a lot of effort went into this. That's, oh, Ghostbusters we played last night. Never had played that game, and that was, you said, a premium? Yeah, that was a premium, and I actually, I've only played the Pro. Uh, I have a customer who has that game, and uh, you know, he plays a lot of it, and I'm out there every once in a while, and just doing a shop job on it, but, and I like the Pro. I've never got to play a premium, and actually, the premium was actually fun to play. A lot more stuff on it than, uh, than I thought there would be. A lot, a lot of different shots on it. So, uh, yeah, that was fun. That was a fun little surprise for us to play that game. It was good. On Friday, I had the opportunity to play some of the newer games. Um, I played The Munsters, which I thought was fun. Even though I couldn't hear it, it was fun to play. I played Oktoberfest. I also had the opportunity to play Willy Wonka. Just so happens that when I did play Willy Wonka, it must have been around 5 o'clock on Friday afternoon, some people were breaking down a... uh, video rig and it just so happens that it's the people from extreme cooler talk i want to personally thank uh, justin sam and anthony for the swag uh, i also want to mention uh, marty who uh, i guess is the owner or proprietor of a, uh, a museum called the pastime pinball museum which is in Manchester, Vermont. Um, 50 games set to free play, fun for all. So we all had the opportunity to play the game together. What a bunch of nice guys. I'm hoping uh, our paths all cross again. I want to thank them for allowing me to basically cut in and play with them. So we we had a lot of fun. Sam and Justin were playing flippers, so all five of us could play at the same time. A shout out to all of them. A lot of fun. It's one of the reasons why I love going to pinball shows. You get to meet a lot of great people, and those are four of the finest. So, shout out to all you guys. Um, It was a lot of fun. Dave, I left you in Maureen about noon on Saturday to go to an awesome brewery down the road called Treehouse. What did you end up doing? Uh, what time was that again? That was noontime? Noontime. Noontime, yeah. So we were still, let me think, what were they doing? We were playing pinball, I think, <laughs> of all things, at a pinball show. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Saturday, because uh, Friday was the best in, best in play judging and then, yes, yeah, Saturday I actually got to hang with my uh, longtime friend, Paul, who I grew up playing pinball with and played a bunch of pinball with him. Uh, met another buddy of mine I was trying to hook up with the last couple of days. Uh, just met him on Pinside, uh, Jason. Uh, his multi-ball maniac is what he goes by on Pinside and a real cool dude. And uh, played some pinball, did a lot, of, a lot of networking, a lot of talking, a lot of, uh, and a lot of pinball playing. 
and uh, had some had some great games. Played um, a lot of cool tennis I haven't played in a long time. And, so did uh, you did you stay strictly in the big room or free play area? I don't I don't know what they designated as. Or did you go over into the uh, the vendor area or to the New Hampshire Pinball Club or all? Uh, hit it all. A uh, lot of free play area. Uh, concentrating weren't having uh, big you know, some of the older stuff that was in nice shape. Uh, went into the the vendor area to play a couple games in there, but uh, but mostly hung out in the free play and a little bit of extra ball lounge, and and then uh, just hung outside for a little bit and just you know shooting the crap with a bunch of uh, cool guys that that I met at the show and uh, it was really. Did really you cool. get to play Black Knight Swords of Rage? Or you had already played that before, right? Yeah, I played a couple games at Allentown of that. I played Deadpool at Allentown. So, um, but I did want to play in that stuff later. That's like later at night on Saturday. Well, at uh, least at least you got to play it. Oh yeah, I, 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 there. I, 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 I guess completely. Um, I didn't get to play either one of those games, and they were on my list. So I didn't get to play Alice Cooper. Um, that new I didn't game. get to play that either. I didn't even see where that was. So I missed, you know, Friday got so busy with all this. This takes a lot of time. And I know we didn't do it until late in the day, but just, you know, time ran out. Um, one day is not enough, at least for me, to do that pinball show. I missed a lot of stuff in the vendor lounge, even though I got to play a couple of the games. I didn't get to play the two I just mentioned. I wish I did. With three, actually, along with Alex Cooper. I, I basically wanted to play, um, you know, my, my buddy Jason really wants to buy a new game. He, he got rid of, he had like five or six, and he said, you know, what am I doing about 25 grand worth of games? I should just sell these things and pay down my mortgage. You know, smart man. And uh, then lately, a couple of years later, he said, you know, I need a new game again. So he, he's asking me what I thought. You know, uh, he's thinking, you know, Black Knight, you know, Swords of Rage or, or Deadpool. And at first I was leaning towards Black Knight because I played it. I really liked it a lot. Deadpool's cool too. But after playing them again at the show in the, in the vendor area, I'm really leaning lean more towards Deadpool now because uh, it's Deadpool's a cool game. It has all these, um, these Williams sound effects from the early 80s, from a lot of the video games from, from Williams. Right. It, it incorporates all these really nice sounds. So it's a, very much a blast from the past. The video mode on it in the background has like a stern arcade from that time frame. There's a sea witch back there, a berserk, and I think a frenzy um, that dead that the guy Deadpool's playing and so forth. Um, so it has a good blast in the past, great humor, and uh, and good and really good gameplay. So I told him now it's like forget about Black Knight, go Deadpool. So uh, he's going to be grabbing one of those down the road. But uh, I really enjoyed that game for one of the new games to play. You know, we need to talk about something that everybody's probably wondering right now, which is what about the tournament? We had the phone call, if you recall from, I know this is a couple of days after the show, but we had the phone call from Eric and we haven't given a tournament update as to what actually transpired. Do you want me to go through that? Yeah, go for it. The tournament uh, finals were played late on Saturday afternoon and our man, Eric, made it into the top eight. Unfortunately, Eric did not make it past his first game. 
and he ended up coming in fifth. Our fellow podcaster who we met the night before, Jeff Teolis, took uh, fourth. Some guy named Karens came in third. And then this guy from San Francisco named O'Neill. You know, I know somebody named O'Neill. And I just can't put my (laughs) finger on it who that is. Yeah, I won. I won the whole thing. (laughs) Well, you don't look anything like this guy because... uh, I I was incognito. I no, I saw. I don't know his first name, and, and I apologize. But uh, have you ever heard of Free Gold Watch in San Francisco? No. Uh. Uh-uh. Free Gold Watch is an arcade slash print print house. They do T-shirts. So okay. you're playing T-shirts in a print shop. You're playing pinball in a T-shirt shop. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, they have some great games and they have some great players there. I mean, that's a, uh, you know, San Francisco is a pretty big stronghold as far as uh, players go. I believe that's where Raymond Davidson is from. Obviously, this guy O'Neill is from there. Uh, but he wasn't the winner. He's number two. I gave him too much time. Number one was uh, Stephen Bowden. And you're going to love uh, the three games that they played for the finals. Played Black Knight. Master of Doom. No, what is it again? Swords of Rage. Swords of Rage, yes. Master of Doom. Oh, my God. Anyway, that was, that was <laughs> one game. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to continue to put that game up. That's oh, right. I, I, can we come up with some kind of acronym so I don't butcher it every time? I got a really cool name for it, but I probably can't say it. No, please don't. Please don't. We've done really, really well without. Um, anyway. Hocus Pocus was game two, but the final game, and uh, he swept all three, uh, Frontier. He ended up with oh, yeah. 400,000 on, uh, on Frontier. So it was, a, it, was, it was a great final. It was fun to watch. They definitely – you would think we were in some third world country the way the internet worked at Surbridge. Awful. That's what everybody was saying. That's, that's the theme. Not, everybody was saying. bad, awful. The drops, the, it was just, it was crazy to, to watch the finals only to be interrupted like 19 times. And uh, it, it, uh, it worked, but it didn't work well. So hopefully a uh, change of venue next year, uh, they'll have a much better internet infrastructure to broadcast. Oh, big so, time. I can, I can actually, I, I can a little bit of point on that. The, uh, the, the guys in, in, in Pentastic, the crew behind the scenes, the network guy, he had to bring in his own network and set it up behind there to kind of boost it up because the hotels wasn't good enough. It was, it was old and crappy. And even with that, he had some issues because of the hotel, you know, just like technical issues. And he had the hardest time getting it going. So he was really trying. No fault of his. Is that uh... – yeah. Was that the guy, uh, Mitch, or is this somebody else? I forget the name they kept saying. Oh, I thought too bad. Yeah, I, I don't remember the person who was who was doing it. Hopefully next year a little bit better. Anything else I think that so. you did on Saturday that you want to talk about, or did you even go on Sunday? I'm guessing no. Didn't go on Sunday, but we actually um, we actually uh, stayed pretty late Saturday. Uh, Went out for uh, went out for a nice dinner, and again, great uh, you know 
some of the people never met each other I was with, you know, but it was nice. It gelled so nicely. There was just, uh, I don't know, just a great bunch of people, uh, you know. No, I, I agree. Uh, it was, you know, there were people I would have liked to have seen that I didn't get to see. There were people I didn't think I was going to see that I did see. I think some of the gripes on pin side were valid. The one that I would say is, people, you're bringing a game to Pintastic or any other show, rebuild or do whatever you have to to make the flippers right. At least you're part of the way there. So many games, weak flippers, just doesn't fly. Because, you know, that is your interface with the game. And no, if I, those no, don't... I know, and, you know, I yeah. learned how to do it. And trust me, if I can do it, anybody can do it. It's not that difficult. Uh, if you're going to own a game, you need to you need to at least know how to keep your flippers going and uh, and keeping them strong. And it's it's mostly a cleaning thing. I mean, in the parts to do replacement, like a sleeve, you know, for fifty cents or you know twenty cents, whatever it is, it's cheap fix. Um, but enough of that. Enough public yeah. service announcement. Um, sure. Is there anything else that you want to talk about the show? I've got some. We, we talked about this. I'm going to call it odds and ends. Uh, I think you or Maureen had a, another name for it. If you'll indulge me, I'd like to to do a little uh, a little mop up with a couple of uh, a, a couple of topics. Sure, go kind for it. Un, kind of unrelated. So, Dave, I want to answer the how many downloads. I was listening to Spooky today or yesterday. And they had an, they had one of their episodes on Elvira. Now I don't know if she spoke or if it was a deep dive. I haven't listened, but they said they had over ten thousand downloads for that particular show. Yowza! And that they had only done it once or twice. Other than that, so I got the impression that people aren't getting a lot of downloads it might be in the thousands if you're an established show they've been doing it for a number of years but i think uh, we should be proud given we've been doing it a short time and it seems like everybody's enjoying what we're doing yeah yeah we're something different we're uh, we're doing uh you know find a need and fill it is so, what a famous person always said and i like that right so listening to uh, to charlie and his son bug I'm going to say this root for the little guy. They only do 500 machines a year. They said they're not going to do more than 500 machines a year. So compare that to everybody else out there. Like us, we're going to root for the little guy. I'm happy with that. So they talk about some other stuff, but we'll leave it at that. Um, I have, I have something else. I'll hope you'll indulge me for a couple of minutes. Sure. We're international. We have we have international listeners. Right. Well, yeah, they're they're north of us. There's probably two or three from Canada. But Okay, I, well I, Yeah. <laughs> I thought you would find that funny. Good. But but I'm asking you to indulge me because I'd like to try to get some European listeners. Hmm. Okay. Well, you're asking yourself, George, how are you going to do that? Yes. George, how are you going to do that? George, how are we going to do that? Well, 
I'm going to ask you to give me two minutes to talk about the IFPA Olympics 2019 that happened in Fulda, Germany a couple weeks back. But on Sunday, the 23rd of June, they had their four-strike tournament. You're asking yourself, well, what's the IFPA Olympics? Over five days, they did 11 different tournaments. That's a lot, yeah. So the last day was the more modern games. As you can imagine, it was kind of the, you know, it it was the crescendo of, of five days. And the four people that made it to the end were Frank Bona from France, uh, a young guy named Paul Englert from Germany, a guy named Nico Wicke from Germany, and then Emil Dreiberg from Switzerland. I just want to talk about the last game. So the last game came down to Frank and Nico on high speed two. Frank, okay. Frank went into the third ball. With 256, I'm guessing it's 1,000, or is it million? More. It's, it's high speed to the getaway. So that'd probably be million. Okay, so yeah. million. I, I, I don't think they were doing really well on this game. So Nico comes up to do his third ball. He's behind by 20 million. He's got 236, beefed it, 247, and Frank ended up winning. It wasn't a very climactic end of game or end of tournament. But anyway, Frank's a, a, a funny guy. I've seen him on a lot of tournaments. He does a lot of broadcasting. He can speak like five different languages. So it's always good to hear his perspective. And he's one of the top European players. But I wanted to focus on the young guy, Paul Engler, who um, I believe he came in third. Right. So Frank came in first. Nico came in second. Paul is 12 years old. Wow. You should see this. Right. Right. You should see this kid play. He is, he's unbelievable. There's a couple of young, well, there's the other young German you heard us talking about the other day, uh, Ostermeyer, Johannes Ostermeyer. I think he's like 18. So you got these young bucks coming into the, you know, into the tournament world. And I think that might be real good for, for pinball. Great thing. Yep. So thank you for, uh, for indulging me. I'm hoping that this little segment will get us at least one European listener. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Way to go, George. (laughs) I'm trying to think if there is anything else that we need to discuss, anything that you have that you want to talk about that, even if it's unrelated to uh, to to uh, Pintastic, I made a gaffe this week. Okay. On Pintastic, I called our podcast Pinfest. Oh no, you did not. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> oh boy. And I didn't realize I did it. And then I get this email from from Dave Marston. He didn't call me a bonehead, but he could. <laughs> Uh, too, too much going on, Dave. Trying too much to to get us some listeners and just not paying attention to the details. Yeah, uh, let's let's go back to the previous show, Allentown, and how you. Uh, I don't know if we talked about this before. You you turned me on to to Fa or Fo, and so uh, you know it'd be great 
if they uh, if they have a Vietnamese place up in the box near the box for a new place. And uh, so I'm always looking for the, the fa that Allentown has. That's the best I've ever found. And uh, Cerberus does not have anything around that I saw for for fa or fa. Um, it's an awesome Vietnamese soup. If anybody's wondering what that is, it's like really cool. Well, I have, I have a I have a better idea for our organizers, and hopefully they are. They'll do it at least one of the days. Bring in the food trucks. Line them up out in the parking lot. They did it out at uh, the Texas Pinball Festival. Yeah, I know that's a gigantic festival, but look, bring the food to the people. Just put it in the parking lot. I got even one. I'll go one better. Go do ahead. like the do the Deadpool taco or burrito truck. The Deadpool likes. It's always that's a, that's a toy I'm on the sure, game. I'm sure there is. When I went to uh, Treehouse the other day, there was a. I'm, I'm hoping I say it correctly. Sopia. I'm sure that's Mexican. I don't know what that is, but they had a Sopia truck. They had a, oh, what the heck did they have? They had a, what's the pea? What's, what, what's the uh, soy, not soybean, chickpea. They had some kind of chickpea truck. I don't know what that was about. And then some oh, other, okay. some other barbecue truck, but, you know, they had some different offerings and, you know, that place is just a circus. You've been there. Man, that place was just in full bloom on Saturday and people walking out with with cases, not six packs or four packs, cases of beer. You would have thought they were giving it away. I saw guys with two wheelers. I saw somebody take their grandkids stroller and he had four cases of beer in it and the kid was walking next to the stroller. <laughs> Well, you had priorities, you know. I, I, I thought I had seen it all, and uh, that, that was that was quite entertaining. So we don't have that either up, uh, well, well, I guess Hudson. Maybe there close. is. Hudson's close enough, I guess. It's not. It's within striking distance. You got a couple yeah. of microbrewers there. Not quite to the scale of that, but hey. Medusa's there, you right. know. So... I'm I'm done unless uh, unless you have something else you want to add to this. Let's talk about the the artwork for Pentastic, the uh, the different posters and the different glasses they had, and uh, and different uh, artists. We had uh, Joel De Guzman doing doing one, and we had uh, right. He had uh, the he had the print with the uh, the lobster, which was yeah, uh, which was uh, definitely uh, pertinent to the New England area. And uh, then you had then you had Franchi with his uh, space woman octopus thing. I guess that I don't know. I I, I like. I think people took that too seriously. I like them both for for different no, reasons. No, I do. I, I bought the t-shirt. I bought the t-shirt, the Franchi t-shirt. But I'm saying yeah. I think people made a lot more of it than it really was. Yeah, yeah. Too you know, people get too uptight about the whole PC culture these days. And you know, I I just think you know, take, you know, take a breath. You know, right. it's not that big deal. I mean, is it is it as far as whoa nelly i don't think so no no you know what it, it, it's on par for like big bang bar it's like and I, I see big bang bar right. in that right. you know right. and people are not for that game so I you know whatever a little tongue-in-cheek there dave and a throwback to the old ems and yeah and, you know yeah. the graphics from you know quote unquote back in the day 
that's probably that's probably what it resonates with me because you know the classic you know the ballys and uh, from the seventies you know uh, right. all well, kinds. We'll, uh, we'll go know. into that in a later show, but yes, you're right. There, there are we we're we're going to do a show on that and all the different instances and all the different games. Sure, there's probably at least a hundred. Gotta be. Oh yeah, and, and there's all kinds of even the godly back in the day. They got away with some stuff in the early seventies, mid seventies, and right. very subtle. And we can definitely go into that. We, there's tons of stuff, tons of stuff to talk about that. Tons of um, you know tongue in cheek things that an adult would see in that where a child wouldn't. So it's almost like a, it, it's like a Bugs Bunny cartoon. You know, where two different levels. You know, one for the kid, and one for the adult. They both can watch the same cartoon and both get something out of it. You know, so it's very right. clever. Subtle. subtle. Yeah, subtle, clever, and and that and I love Joel's too. Joel's take on on it with the with the lobster. That's like it's because Pin Mania had their lobster, which was which was great. But he kind of you know set it up a notch with putting all these different pinball parts in there, EM parts, um, you know, all these linkages and so forth, and just really clever how he incorporated it all into that uh, into that fantastic poster and, and the glasses. Well, I'm going were... to look for you when we uh, when we let everybody know that. Uh... We've got a new pod, uh, a new episode of our podcast that you attach a couple of pictures when we do the announcement. This would be a good one showing, uh, you know, Joel's artwork, if you would. Here we go. Hey, you're back. I don't I'm think back. the uh, the internet gods like us. We must be in Sturbridge. I don't know. My internet thinks it's strong here. No, I have strong too, but. Maybe we're exceeding the limit. I don't, you know, I don't know. Do we talk too much? Probably. Probably, but hey, that's what's about. So where were we? We were talking about the artwork. Yes, the artwork about. Uh, did I? What did I go into about uh, what the uh, what the number on the lobster means? And uh, what does the number the, on the lobster mean? Yeah, it says WKD six thousand, and. I'm saying, okay, why, if an artist puts something on a piece of artwork, it means something. You don't just put random things on there. Everything, everything has a purpose. I'm trying to figure out what does that code mean? Is it his address or something or initials for somebody he knows? And I, I messaged him while we're on the phone. And he says, oh, no, look at it again. It says Wicked Good. It's like, oh, WKD, Wicked, and six, 600D. Oh, okay, the calculator. Good. Playing with the calculator numbers to make it look like letters. Yeah, I'm sure you did. Very cool. I'm sure you did that as a kid, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay, I'm yep. not the only geek here. Uh, oh no. <laughs> okay, I think we're exceeding our time. I'm going to try to bring this show in under an hour, and the reason why is because I want to go hit the treehouse and have some beer. So, with that said, Dave, uh, would you like to sign out? Yeah, let's sign out. Another another show uh, in the can, and uh, can't wait for the next one. We have a lot more, a lot more games to talk about, and a lot more names to drop. Do you want to tease? Do you want to tease the next the next episode? Next episode. Let's see. How should I tease it? Uh, I'll just it, say it. Definitely. I can. All right. Let's say it. How about uh, the initials QS? We're going, do a little, we're going to do a little Quicksilver. That's right. 
yeah, I think I think it'll make a good show. Um, look for our next episode uh, probably eh, a little over a week. We're going to try to do it, uh, you know, Sunday Monday time frames. And uh, our next episode, we're going to do a deep dive on Quicksilver. So, with that said, Dave, say good night. Good night and peace. And I'm going to say be good and be well. And uh, this is episode three in the can. Everybody be well. Happy 4th of July to all in our military. We'll see you in a little over a week. Good night. Happy 4th. Happy 4th, guys. Destroy Sendai.